We've all heard it before. It's who you know. Welcome to Social Capital, a weekly podcast that dives into social relationships and why the investment you put into them is so important. Your host, Lori Hybe, will connect with industry-leading professionals and dive into their networking experiences and expert advice. Hey, everybody. Lori Hybe here. Welcome to the Social Capital Podcast. Our show notes are found at socialcapitalpodcast.com. If you'd like to get more involved in the conversation, check out our Facebook group. Look for Social Capital Network, a community of trust, reciprocity, and relationships. You can also connect with me on LinkedIn. This week's guest is Mike Ciroc Siraco. He is the CEO of People Building Incorporated and the powerhouse behind the What Are You Made Of movement. He's a performance coach, author, dynamic public speaker, visionary, and thought leader. He has been featured by Yahoo Finance as one of the top business leaders to follow in 2020 and is on a mission to build people. He is driven to inspire others, and he measures his success on how he is able to help others achieve greatness. C-Rock had a fire lit in him at an early age. That fire has ignited him with a fierce desire to compel people to see the greatest inside themselves using past life events to fuel their fire. C-Rock, welcome to the show. What's up? Thank you so much for having me. I'm, you know, I always like to start every interview, Lori, that I do with gratitude. Uh, but just because I'm so thankful, really, for the opportunity to share with you and your audience. But I'm humbled by that anybody would love, like, really like to hear my voice. I don't know if you're like me, but every time I hear my voice, I'm like, I sound like that. <laughs> so, yes. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. So, uh, you know, uh, I just want to show gratitude and I'm, I'm thankful to be here, Lori. Well, that I, I love that. It's something I'm practicing in my activities today uh, is showing gratitude. So thank you for that. And thanks for being on the show. I'm excited to have this conversation. Um, So let's dive right in. I'm really curious about um, everything that you've got around this. What are you made of movement? You've got a podcast that's called that. So let me just ask you that. What are you made of? Yeah, great question. Um, You know, people ask me that all the time. So I'm going to do my best with this. I basically made of rocket fuel. Um, I'm a go, go, go kind of guy. Um, I have a saying thrust is a must go forward fast. Um, so that also leads me into times where I really need to focus on taking a step back and breathing sometimes. And so I just recently got into meditation, but the reason I'm made of rocket fuel, Lori, is because, you know, I came up with this concept. Um, I'll tell you a quick story, you know, coming from a broken home and not remember my parents together. I went through a lot of conflict as a child with this. And for three years, eight to 11, I lived with my dad. And, um, you know, during that period of time, uh, my dad got remarried. And anytime you have uh, child support, custody battle things, uh, step parents involved, other agendas, you know, there's conflict. And as a kid, you're, you're the main link between your parents for them to even have to talk anymore. And so sometimes that, that can uh, carry a heavy burden. And so during that time, three years, eight to 11, I, I lived with my dad. I went through a lot of a mental abuse, psychological abuse, threats, and things that no kid should ever deal with. And I'm not telling you this to, to feel sorry for me to play victim. I just want to share with you where this rocket fuel law came from. But uh, when I had had enough at one point when I turned about 10 and a half or 11 years old, and I said, you know, I was coming home from uh, my mom's house one weekend and I said, you know, I'm not feeling right. And she goes, what's the matter? You seem anxious, you know, and we were going over these hills on these really hilly roads in Southeastern Pennsylvania. 
And I said, I, I was afraid to tell her actually, when you go through abuse, it's not a, it's, it's a, a tough situation to come out about it because you're afraid what may happen, what might happen or if anybody's going to believe you. And so I ended up telling her and she said, you know, that's not normal. And they called me Mikey back then. So she said, that's not normal, Mikey. You know, you, you don't need to go through that. Like, that's not something you should be dealing with. So what ended up happening, she ended up filing court papers. She told me at that time that you need to stick to your guns if I do this, because, you know, she didn't want to go through all that. And then me change my mind. But she also told me that in life, you need to stick to your guns when you believe in something, because if you don't, then what's going to happen is people will try to change your mind or beliefs based on their own agenda or to justify their position in life. So it was a lesson I carried to this day about sticking to my guns and being stubborn. And uh, so if, and stubborn's not the wrong thing, by the way, if it's on the right thing. Um, so uh, when my dad finally got the court papers served to him, I was coming home from school one day and it's a day that I dreaded. I waited for a long time, didn't know when it was coming. My dad, who was my hero, had a masonry business, big forearms, rough hands. You know, I always looked up to him for how hard of a worker he was. He always carried a wad of $100 bills in his pocket with a rubber band around it. And I thought that was the coolest thing because he used to flash it and show us what we got with money. And this, you know, it wasn't about greed or anything. It was just cool, you know? Mm -hmm. And so um, when I confirmed, he asked me if I really wanted to move back with my mom. And I remember her telling me stick to my guns. He said, you know, your mom doesn't have it that well. Like, why, why would you want to go there? They don't have any money. You have everything you need here. And he was, I must have been, must have been blinded to the fact of what was going on, I guess. And I said, no, I made my decision up. He said, okay. So he takes that wad of hundred dollar bills out of his pocket, peeled one off, crumpled it up and threw it at me and said, you're going to need this then when you're living on the streets with your mother. And so, um, the reason I tell you that story is because at that moment, man, like the stubborn and stubbornness in me kicked in and I'm like, there's no way I'm going to need that. I got this. I'm, you know, I'm 11 years old thinking I'm going to take over the world. Where that came from, that's another story. Um, but I just knew that, no, I'm not going to need that. You're wrong. This is not the way somebody should live. And so um, that sparked a fire in me, though. That sparked something. And so for 30-some years, I've been living off of this thing where I'm going to prove him wrong. I'm going to show him. So everything I did, I always tried to be the best in my graph. If you're looking at a line graph, you want to gradually uptick in your graph. And that's a good graph. That's a healthy graph of production or relationship worth or you know, taking care of yourself. And I looked at my graphs were always going up two years ago. I really did an assessment on this. I'm like, why are my graphs? Like what makes me different than anyone else? Like, why are some people struggling all the time and on, on a roller coaster ride? And here my graphs always keep going up. What is it? I gotta, I gotta figure this out because if I can bottle it and reverse engineer it or something, I can teach people this and I can change the world. So, um, I basically looked back and said, you know what? It's, it's this fire, this, this fuel, like I'm turning everything that comes my way that would stop most people or slow them down. And I was storing it in my tank instead of my trunk where it would weigh me down. I was storing it in my tank where I could convert it to rocket fuel for my future. And so I've came up with this thing where, you know, I call it a law now because it's a proactive approach to handling setbacks, difficulties, letdowns, disappointments. If you can prepare yourself properly, to be able to handle anything that comes your way that would normally stop your slow you down and convert it into rocket fuel, you can become unstoppable. And so that's, that's where um, the rocket fuel thing came from. When you asked me what I'm made of, that's where it comes from. And I'm going to live this out. I'm, I'm living like a living demonstration of this. I don't just talk about it. I live it. If anybody's around me, they know I'm an animal when it comes to getting things done. I go forward fast thrust as a must and anything that comes my way, I don't, I don't get upset about it. I just, I, okay, this is an opportunity. 
You know, as long as I'm living and I want to live, every experience is worth going through. And so I use it as training or fuel to move forward. Wow. I hope I answered your question. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Um, that's an, <laughs> it's a fun question to ask. I love the, that's your theme of your podcast, which is, and, and your mission overall is fascinating. Um, and, and you, so I'm, I'm fascinated because you, you spoke to me as I would say, I'm one of those people that's a roller coaster, you know, it peaks and valleys, ups and downs. Um, I go, I go fast, hard, but then at some point, like the fuel's burnt out. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. so you have an endless supply of fuel is basically what you're saying. Well, yeah, because now my stepdad, George, he stepped in when I was 11. He showed me what it was like or what it meant to be a man. And, and, uh, you know, George wasn't really good with money, uh, getting money. He was good with stretching money for a long way. <laughs> he lived off a little bit of money. Uh, and, but he, he, for my whole life, he was really hard on us, not physically, but like making sure we understood right from wrong and the lessons we're going to need to learn in life. And, you know, um, he passed away in January of 2019, suddenly of a heart attack. And at that moment, I wasn't ready for like my mentor to, to go. I was 40 something, but still was still wanting a mentor, but it was time for us to move to another mentor. And at that moment where he passed about two weeks later, I felt this energy come inside of me. And my, my brother, Casey, the same thing. Like he, we talked about this. We're like, man, something's something. Cause see, George was a really passionate guy. This is my stepfather. George, George would, you know, he'd sit on a couch at a party and be real quiet. But then if you got talking about football, baseball, hunting, fishing, whatever, crabbing, which we do in Maryland here, crabs, um, he would jump off the couch like a madman and like get in your face and it was real deep voice and everybody would be thrown back by it. But he was so passionate. And I felt this passion about somewhere around two weeks after he passed come into me. And then now it feels like I really don't get burnt out. Like I sleep seven, eight hours a day. So when I go to bed, like I lay down to watch a show with my wife. I don't make it to the show. I go out and then I wake up early, ready to go. And once I'm up, man, I'm going like my mission is so powerful that, you know, some to some days, you know, are better than others, of course, but, but I just don't have a energy uh, limit. I don't believe in limits. Like I, I believe that you can have all the energy you want. As long as you get your seven, eight hours of sleep, eat well, take care of your body, meditate now. <laughs> so yeah. I mean, yeah, I, I, awesome. I really think that meditating is a good thing and that I needed. And I was looking at my, uh, I was trying to look at areas where I needed to improve. And that was one area I'm thinking like, okay, I could benefit from this. So mm -hmm. I spent some time with a guy that taught me how to meditate. That's awesome. I'm definitely a believer in meditation and, and I have found the days I don't do it. It's totally obvious throughout the day that I, I didn't take that, even if it's just five or 10 minutes to to meditate and it really sets a tone for the rest of the day. Yeah. Without a doubt. Without a doubt. Do you do that first thing in the morning or like just kind of no. randomly throughout the day or, or. Well, I'm, I'm, uh, this is something new. Okay. So to be quite honest, I'm working, working it into my schedule, but anytime I feel this feeling where I'm like not hunched over, but like in forward position kind of, it's hard to explain, but when I feel like I'm like, I don't know, in attack mode, like I, I feel like, okay, wait a minute. Let's take a moment here. Let's let's take do some breathing. Just a couple minutes. Maybe get up and, and pump my calves a little bit, standing up, shake my hands out, get the blood from my pinkies to my toe, my big toe, you know, mm -hmm. that kind of thing, and breathe mm -hmm. with it. Just those kind of things. Just and I'm not gonna try to become a monk right away, but but uh really just starting like with a couple minutes a day. I mean, really, not not to go, you know, too crazy with it first because I wanna I wanna stick with it. 
Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Baby steps when you're, especially when you're adding something new to your, your routine. Um, but definitely a fan. So good, good to hear, especially, you know, someone moving fast, taking the time to, to pause. Um, I think that's really good just to hear <laughs> that it's, it's a part of your day and that, that you're some, you're enjoying it. Yeah. It, it's, it's been beneficial so far. <laughs> Absolutely. I'm sure. I'm sure. I, I don't doubt that at all. Um, I know a, no, a number of people have tried it and not seen the benefits of it, but I think it's because they weren't actually taking the time to really truly learn it and experience it. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. Um, all right. So C-Rock, the show really here is about networking and how relationships really have helped you move into that next phase and, and grow professionally. So can you share with our listeners one of your favorite networking experiences or stories that you've had? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I got, I got the perfect one. You ready for this? Absolutely. So I do a lot of outreach via social media, whether it's Facebook, LinkedIn, or Instagram. I have a DM campaign that I, I direct message people that I would want to connect with. Like, and, and I, I throw a big net actually. I mean, it's targeted in a way, but it's also, I throw a pretty big net and the reason I do that is because I know there's somebody out there that I can help and make a difference to. And of course, vice versa, there's somebody out there that can help me through challenges or a problem or have a big impact together. So one day I got an Instagram message back from a guy named Jared. And matter of fact, this is timing perfect because I just had a podcast episode with him on the podcast and we were just talking about this today. So I sent him a DM, he answers we end up doing an Instagram live. I checked him out. His name's Jared Yellen. And uh, we did this live and we found out like we connected right away. And we're like, what the heck? This is cool. So uh, I told him my purpose. He told me what he does. And come to find out, we're now partners in a tech company that could be sold for billions. Nice. So, and I, by the way, I'm not a tech person. Now I am, <laughs> but I wasn't. <laughs> I just, I had no idea. And there's so many ideas out there that go to die in a grave because people don't know how to act on them. Mm -hmm. So this thing was just, I don't believe in coincidences. I believe that all of your decisions and actions are going towards things that happen at some point, but we just got connected. And now here we are, we're getting ready to come out with a minimal viable product of a truly, truly disruptable uh, product. That's going to change self-help, personal development, entrepreneurship. It's, it's a phenomenal product. It's called blueprinted. I'll just share that with you. It's, it's getting ready to come out. And basically, it's going to take people that are successful and allow them to reverse engineer their success in a project management form hmm. rather than videos, rather than a lecture. Um, and people can actually see what I found is I found that people want to accomplish things, but they don't know the first step. They don't know the second step or the third or fourth, or they don't know how long something should take if they're on the right track, if they're doing it right. They don't know the big picture. They, they Like if you're looking at... They're mostly individually focused. They're just focused on what they have in front of them and what they can see rather than be an omni-focused, which is a seeing the whole playing field. And this, this platform is going to allow people to see the whole playing field of what they want to accomplish from some successful people that they can choose because people that are successful are going to upload their blueprints into the system. And then people are going to go buy those blueprints. And then it's going to allow the blueprinters to be able to, to support anybody that buys their blueprint via one-on-one coaching, group coaching calls, or what have you, to guide them through the step-by-step process to be, become successful. And so this solves a huge problem. It's, um, you know, people are never going to have to try to do things on their own again if they don't want to. Oh, wow. There's, wow, that's cool. 
So by the way, so anybody listening, including yourself, if anybody's interested in um, reverse engineering their success or something that they've accomplished and then sharing that with the world and having people either using it as a lead magnet and giving it away or having people um, purchase it from them, reach out to me because I am looking for about 500 people that want to be the first uh, founding blueprinters of the beta of this, this product. Wow. There's so many things I want to touch on this. Um, first, I want to address the initial question, which was a cool networking experience. So I love that you had this initial rando conversation basically because of your blanket DM strategy, um, which obviously turned into a really cool uh, partnership opportunity and an amazing concept. I think this is super cool what you're doing. Love the name. Totally makes sense to me as far as a branding perspective, but the concept in general, I mean, I, I'm definitely one of those that gets sucked in listening to the podcasts and the thought leaders and the videos and reading the articles, but it's, it's one little snippet of time that they're sharing and it's not the, the roadmap or the path to success. It's simply a nugget of information. Yeah. And successful people, if you've, if you run into people that are successful, they have usually it's because one of the reasons is they have an abundance, abundance mindset, right? I know that's a kind of a often used term uh, phrase, but they have the ability or the, 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 the want to help people. They really do. Um, the ones that aren't successful are the ones that don't want to help people. And they're scared to give their blueprint out. Yep. So those successful people are going to want to put their blueprints in there to help people. They're going to be able to monetize it if they want, which they should, and um, show the step-by-step. Like there's no secrets. Like let's get this done. Let's make it happen. You know, and then it could even, it could even lead to people franchising, right? Like, do, Hey man, I, I, I want to help people. I want to coach people, but let's, let's build a whole network of our company all over the place and they can use it for that too. I love that. I, I, I there's, I'm excited to see this and I'm definitely going to pick your brain about this after we stop recording and sure. go a little bit deeper on it. Um, but yeah, as you said, if anyone's interested in, in being a part of this, definitely reach out to CRAC. We'll, we'll get to your contact details at the end of the show here, but let's talk about nurturing your network. How do you best stay in front of and nurture these relationships in this community that you've created? Well, you know, I, I find that being a challenge because I do have a large network uh, ever since I started the the movement, the podcast, the book I just wrote, Rocket Fuel, which we'll talk about later, um, I, I mean my 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 network has grown like exponentially, like not just a little bit in the last year and a half. And so I I, I was talking to my coach about that recently because I I mean I have coaches for a whole bunch of different things, by the way. Mm-hmm. But I was talking to one of them and I said, man, I, like how do I nourish the network that I have, the relationships that I have? you know, because I feel like I might be missing out or leaving some people behind. And so I think that one thing you need to do is you need to make sure that, and again, not everybody has a big network. I understand that. And the people are building them in different levels. Right. But I think that you need to make sure that people understand you genuinely want to know when you can help them. So when you're, anytime you're communicating with someone, don't just say, Hey, see you later. It was great seeing you. Talk to you soon. Don't say that. Like disrupt their pattern a little bit. We go through things in life automatically. We're on autopilot a lot and there's patterns that we have, right? It's like if somebody hands a business card to you and you just take the business card and then you look at it real quick and then you put it in your pocket or your purse, right? 
But what if I handed you a business card and you went to grab it and I pulled it back? Hmm. Okay. You would look up at me and you would say, what next? <laughs> You're so, waiting for direction. Yeah. Right? Like, like well, what, what, what do you want you me doing? to do? Yeah. Like, right? <laughs> What's going <Right>? on? <laughs> and then I can say, and this is just an example. Then I can say, I really love helping people. And I want to, but before I give this to you, I want you to know that if you ever need anything that I have a value, please, please reach out to me. And, and it's that, that pattern interruption right away would make a difference. Now, I don't do business cards. We have other products that we use for that. That's another topic. But um, I think it's very important to break people's patterns and do things differently than most people do so that they remember you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's one thing. And then the other thing is when you need something, there's nothing wrong with reaching out to people in your network and saying, hey, I have a problem. I need to help with a solution. Do you mind if I pick your, you know, bend your ear, pick your brain a little bit? And then, you know, so, you know, I I think that also for me, what I do is I just keep pushing energy out in the world and I'm connected with people on all platforms so that I just keep pushing stuff out so that they're constantly seeing me. And that way, if they need something, they know where to reach me. And then, you know, if I need something, I, I just, I, I try not to go for, for, you know, taking until I've given quite a bit. So a hundred percent, definitely speaking my language and, and that approach. Um, I love I love your statement about disrupting their pattern because really you're going to make a memorable impression right away, um, but making it very clear on where you're you're able to be a resource and a solution provider I think is important too. Yeah, I mean I think it's very important of, to to tell people what you do, and that you're interested in helping them in the future, and they need to be clear, like you said, on what you do. Um, if you're not clear on what you do, then you know, it's going to be very difficult for, for people to look out to you for help. Totally. Totally. So C-Rock, what advice would you offer that professional who's really looking to grow their network? You know, I think to, to me, it's, I spend intentionally spend a dedicated time every single day to reaching out to people. Now COVID obviously with everything that's going on, you don't see as many in person, but so what are you going to do about that? Well, now it's digital, right? So yep. To me, I think if you set a target for yourself every single day of, of reach out to people, let them know you're thinking about them, let them know that, you know, how things go and whatever the case is. I mean, that's, that's the way I do, you know, now personally, and I encourage my team. I have a mortgage company, by the way, that I run a division for with three of my best friends and my little brother, luckily it's a pretty awesome. <laughs> and we're always coaching and building our people in our organization. And in doing that, we're talking to them all the time too about targets. Like what, what are your targets today to reaching out to people? Like, how are you going to stay in front of people? Like you can't just sit in your office and wait for the phone to ring. It's not going to ring. So what are you doing to control and develop and create your own economy? And uh, so that's my take on that. Yeah, I think that's great. Um, and, and I think uh, the first word you said was intentionally is probably the most important word related to that and really knowing um, having intention with your outreach. Yeah. Yeah. But then not only that, like stop looking for shiny bells and whistles and do the work (laughs) or or the the shortcut or something. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, everybody, look, there's, there's nothing wrong with trying to work smarter, but, but you can't take the harder out of, out of, out of work. You just can't, you gotta, you gotta put effort. Now I don't mean difficult. I don't mean difficult because it doesn't have to be difficult, but harder, like, pushing, pushing into it, leaning into it. When you don't feel like it, do it anyway, that yeah, kind of thing. So definitely. 
C-Rock, if you could go back to your 20-year-old self, what would you tell yourself to do more of, less of, or differently with regards to your professional career? Uh, regards to my professional career, I would focus on it more, get really clear on what I wanted. Now, obviously, what you want can change as you get older, but I, I man, shoot, I would have just, here's what I did. I started chasing girls and drinking and partying like a, like a dummy. <laughs> um, and the reason I say that is I was 18 until I drank a beer for the first time. I was so focused on what I wanted out of life in sport. I was a football player. I played football. I was so, so dedicated and, and lived a clean life. And then when I got to college, for some reason, being exposed to alcohol and parties and girls got me screwed up and I lost my, my, intention, <clears throat> my intentional pro focus and, and purpose. And when you do that and you shift your focus onto things that don't really serve that purpose, they serve an unhealthy purpose. Um, things go downhill real quick, your health, your finances, your relationships, the way you think about yourself, how you feel about yourself. Um, so what I would go back and tell my 20 year old self would be to stay on your purpose. I would probably go back to 18 years old and, and talk to that person and say, listen, serve yourself to your purpose that you, that you designed for you, like originally for yourself, you can let it adapt, but don't go down the road where you're just drifting and chasing things that don't serve you because you see. Lori, every decision we make, thought we have in our head, word we speak and action we take is either going towards an ideal life or away from it. And I like to simplify things like that. Some people don't like to hear that. They're like, well, can you give us some real in-depth, like magical stuff? Yeah, this is magic. Like everything that you do either goes towards your ideal life or away from it and simplify it. And then it makes everything less complicated, less chaos. So that's what I think I would tell my 18 year old self. And I think I, I just, I wrote about that in the book rocket field. that's coming out in March. Nice. I like that. I like that. Every action is either going towards your ideal life or away from it. I think that's a really important statement that it's resonating with me right now. Um, and I'm sure it's resonating with a number of our listeners and, and man, do you think your 18 year old self would listen to that? Well, yeah, that's another story, right? So, <laughs> but you know, if, if, <clears throat> If I'm going back and telling him that though, and showing him and paint, painting the picture for him, I think, I think he would. Um, I think that's important. But you know, the other thing about that is when I talk about your ideal life, well, if you're not clear on your ideal life, if you don't know what that is and you don't have a vision of it and you don't write it down and really get serious and clear about it, then you don't have a filter on how to make decisions and what to say and what to do. So it's kind of like having a dirty filter in your car or your air conditioning, right? it doesn't work properly or no filter at all. <laughs> so you have to, the, your filter or your, I guess, man, I can't think of another example right now, but if you're trying to figure out what to do one way or the other, and you don't have some kind of determining factor clearly defined, you, you, it's, there's, it's very chaotic. So that's what, that's the things. And I'm 44 years old now, so I'm still going back to these basic fundamentals and revisited them every day. I think that's great. And, and I wish that for myself, I had that clarity earlier on. And I think, I mean, it is an ongoing learning process to the various life experiences that we have. Um, but yeah, again, that statement about every action um, that you take is really going to drive you towards your ideal life or away from it is so powerful. C-Rock, let's talk about the six degrees of separation. Do you know who 
um, would be the one person that you'd love to connect with? And do you think you can do it within six degrees? Hmm. You know, I mean, the, the reason this is a tough question for me, I, I, the answer is yes to that final question. Um, the, the, this is tough for me because I've been doing this for a while and I, anybody that I've wanted to connect with, I've done. Okay. <laughs> so, uh, and I'll tell you why I live life being stubborn and I'm big on definitions. If you look up the word stubborn in the dictionary, there's two words that stick out perversely unyielding. Now unyielding the word unyielding by itself is powerful, but when you put perversely in front of a word, it gets really, really powerful. Like, you know, so uh, I live life stubborn or perversely unyielding. So when I want something, I go get it. I figure out who help, who can help me. How can I get it? What do I got to do to make it happen? Whether it's meeting celebrities, sports players, um, business people, mentors, every time in my life that I've really focused on it, if they had, didn't die by the time I got to them, I've gotten to them. So I think it really comes down to, again, this is, goes back to the ideal life situation. If you want to meet someone, all you got to do is make that decision and commit to it. And then from there, and I, I like to write it down too, because it gets it on paper out of, out of my head and makes it real. Then from there, opportunities open up all over the place. You will see ways that you can find that person. It's the craziest thing. Like, I'll just give you an example too. So at some point, uh, I'm going to be working with uh, celebrities, high profile business people, sports uh, athletes, professional athletes, and teaching them how to, how to, be res resilient. That's not even a strong enough word. How to, how to proactively take setbacks and convert them into rocket fuel to propel themselves before the setback even happens, getting them ready for it. Right. So I said this to a couple people. I said it to one of my coaches. I'm like, I, this is what I want to do. I don't know how I'm going to do it, but this is what I want to do. I want to do it just like one of my coaches. And all of a sudden I made that commitment. <laughs> I wrote it down every day, literally like just was obsessed with it. And all of a sudden these people start coming into my life. I'm meeting people that do what I want to do. Um, you know, like I'm meeting people that coach celebrities and high profile brands and high profile uh, business people. And I'm meeting them. Then I get to pick their brain. But then I'm also meeting a lot of high profile people because all of a sudden opportunities are appearing in front of me where I could say yes to. And it leads me in a direction of what I committed to. So this doesn't just go for networking and, and finding people, but it goes for anything you want in life. If you decide that you want it, you commit to it. And then you take, just open up your belief system and believe it's going to happen before you see it. Having faith, uh, there's a faith word, very strong. Faith isn't just all about believing in God. Faith is believing things before you see them. And all that leads to getting what you want. Lots of truth in all of that. I, I really like everything that you just said here about um, the thing that stuck out the most is when you want something, you just go get it. And and that definitely resonates um, overall. And I can see that like your energy, your, your fuel that you talk about. I mean, that's what fuel is just going after something. So it totally makes sense overall. And, and let's, it's a good transition into your book here. Um, but let's talk about that for a moment. What, what is, what's your book about what, what's going on? Well, <laughs> what do you a, want to share about it? <laughs> yeah, the, the book is, uh, it was, it was going to be called, what are you made of? But my, my the people I'm working with on the book said, you know what? You talk about fuel a lot and rockets and this and that. I said, well, there's already a book called rocket fuel out there, but that's an entrepreneurial book. So 
I can name mine rocket fuel and mine's going to be, I'm going to market it harder. <laughs> so I named it rocket fuel, convert setbacks, become unstoppable. And it's all about stories of my life and anecdotes, little stories in, in it from my journey of being mentored by super successful people and showing you how to proactively prepare yourself to take setbacks and convert it into rocket fuel. It's got to be proactive too, because in the closer proximity you are to an adversity or a setback, there's more chaos, there's more emotion, and it's very hard to think clear and see hope. There's very little light at the end of the tunnel. So we proactively work on this. And the book talks about that. And it talks about how you can prepare yourself physically, spiritually, mentally, relationships, financially, professionally, how to, how to prepare yourself to be able to handle anything comes, that comes your way and react quickly to look for opportunity rather than sulking in a setback. Grant Cardone, if you've heard of Grant, he wrote the forward for the book. The forward In the forward, he talks about what rocket fuels meant to him and um, in his life and business, which is very powerful validation for, for my, my law. Just like John Maxwell has leadership laws, I created this, this rocket fuel law. So, um, but it's out, it's coming out in March. It's just about finished right now. Then the production right now, design and all that stuff, the book itself is done, uh, the writing and all that. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm excited and we're having a book launch party in South beach, March 11th. It's going to be a good time. Um, if I don't know when this episode's coming out, but, uh, we're going to be it, out it'll, there. It'll be nice. Um, where will people be able to find it? Yeah. If you just DM me on Instagram at Mikey C rock with no K Mikey C rock, just DM me that you're interested. You're going to be in Miami that day. And then I'll tell you how to get in. <laughs> uh, I only wish I was in Miami that day. <laughs> well, um, no, we'll, we'll stop wishing and make the decision to do it. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. I am heading to San Diego next week. So um, there you go. I, I get a little bit of sunshine <laughs> happening. Yeah. Well, uh, let me tell you something. I hate the wintertime in Maryland as far as the weather goes. Like it's cold, it's dreary, windy. Um, and so what I've done now is I'm like, I'm going to make sure I can get through the winter by going warm places often. Mm -hmm. And so I just set that intention out there. I didn't know how I was going to do it. I didn't really have money set aside to like focus on that. And then I just started shaping my life around that intention and things start to work out. And here I've been to Miami a couple of times. I just got back from Scottsdale. I went to Aruba, I went to Mexico all in this winter time. And I'm going to Miami coming up here in March. Nice. So, but it, but it didn't happen without my intention and decision and really a lot of want. You follow me? So a hundred percent. I love the use of the, that's my word of the year is intentional. So I, you're just, Let's go. <laughs> you're speaking my language on so many levels right now. <laughs> love it. Um, that being said, I'm going to give you the opportunity to interview me here. What is something that you'd like to ask me? Well, darn, you know, that, that you stole my question. Um, but I would love to ask you though, like it, it, when it comes down to it, what are you made of? Oh, you know, I did set myself up for that. Didn't I, <laughs> <laughs> I should have been thinking about this. Um, I'm, I'm made of passion and positivity. Um, intention and yes, intention <laughs> and strategy, strategy. I'd yeah. say, um, I, I would love to find some more fuel. I mean, I go hard, don't get me wrong. But like I said, I, I go hard and then I'm burnt out and I need to refuel and that, that, yeah. that can take some time at times. So, well, here's how your fuel doesn't burn out. So like if you're driving down the road and your light comes on on your fuel tank, mm -hmm. right. And then you see like, man, a lot of us go like, man, let me see how far I can take this thing. <laughs> it says 10 miles, but I know there's more in there. 
right? You ever play that game? Oh, so, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so really though, like if you're in the car and you're getting on low on fuel or getting near there, you can see the gauge. They put the gauge there for a reason. You start looking for tank of uh, 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 gas stations, right? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. in our lives, when you're starting to feel like not a hundred percent, start looking for fuel, which the fuel comes from disappointments, letdowns, setbacks, difficulties, challenges, stupid things that we do. Um, there's plenty of it. There's plenty of it. You don't have to look very hard and then just start understanding. Okay. When you get run into that, or you find one of those things stored in your tank, not your trunk. And then just know that like I'm converting this into fuel. It's like somebody telling me like, you can't do that. That's or, or here's another example. When I started my movement, Lori, people started like making jokes, laughing, I said, I'm going to buy a jet one day. You watch. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to do something fantastic. I'm going to buy a jet. And these people would laugh at me and I'd say, all right, well, you're not riding one on my jet. So just so you know, <laughs> <laughs> and, and when I started the, the podcast, I'd eat the, the people closest to me, the people closest to me would say, oh man, why don't you go do your podcast or, or uh, put out another mo- motivational quote. Why don't you go write your book, Mr. Author, like stupid stuff, like really but what they're doing is they're reflecting upon themselves why they're not doing something. So they're justifying in their head. Well, what I do, what I do is I take that and say, all right, I'll show you. So look for those kind of things. Start telling people big dreams that you have. Tell them big, big plans that you have. Share it with them and watch what the reaction is and then take that and say, okay, I'm going to prove you wrong. I'll show you. I love that. It, there is truth to that in proving people wrong that are discouraging. Um, but I, I do try to surround myself with those that are encouraging and uplifting. Yeah. You have to do that. That's a good, mm-hmm. good plan. But at the end of the day, like I like, I get my fuel from the negativity that of, of, of people. I don't surround myself with them when I make sure I separate, but then I make sure I go, I'm go when, when I, when I have somebody that I know that's not going to be encouraging, I get rid of them out of my life. I truly do. If I have sure. to be around them, I, I limit my time. This includes friends and family because I'm not going to let anybody steal my dreams. And so when I do that, I make sure that I'm successful so that they'll come back because what this, I write about this hater cycle, right? There's a hater cycle. People start dishing on you. You get rid of them out of your life because you're not going to have that. Then they go away and they start talking about you, but it doesn't matter. You're just rolling. And then they start being interested again. Like if you keep being successful and you keep doing your thing, they poke their heads up and like, wait a minute, what's Lori doing? They, they, they show a little interest. Then they may try to shoot you down again, but they're showing interest. And then you push through and you keep going and you're successful now. And then they say, well, shoot, man, I knew you were going to do that. Like I, I knew Lori was going to be successful. I told you about her. I knew it guys, but it's all bullshit. Excuse my language, uh, but, but it's all BS. Right. So, mm-hmm. so, but then when they come back, you can decide whether you want them in your life or not. Yep. So I call it the hater cycle. I've seen it over and over again. I've seen it so many times I've exited people from my life. And I just kept going and then I see them come back and they're like, man, you know, how can I be a part of what you're doing, man? I want to be a part of that. I'm like, okay, well, are you going to be encouraging? Are you going to believe, you know, it's on my terms at that point. Yeah. Love it. I, I, and that, that's the way it should be, honestly, hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. So see rock, uh, what's your final word of advice to offer our listeners with regards to growing and supporting your network? Well, you know, I think that uh, we all have an obligation and duty to live a certain standard because you can't tell people to do things or say you're going to do things for people if you're not living it every day to the best of your abilities. And so in order to help people and be able to, to really 
provide value to your network, you have to live a certain standard based on your purpose that you've you know developed your clear purpose. And so I would say that, and then also just go be unstoppable. Nothing can stop you. If you take everything that's designed to stop you or, or looks to, appears that it's going to stop you, slow you down and, and convert it into rocket fuel for your future. So go be unstoppable. Fantastic information you shared. Uh, if anyone was interested in getting in contact with you, learning more about your book, uh, yeah. your podcast, what's the best way that they can reach you? Well, two things. Um, we have a, a weekly coaching community that we've developed where we'll meet Monday nights at 7 p.m. Eastern. We have a private Facebook group along with that, but we just we just create unstoppable people. And, uh, and then we continue to bring more and more people into this group. And then they're just going out and making an impact on the world. So that's MikeCRock.com forward slash coaching. MikeCRock.com forward slash coaching. CROC is no K, just C-R-O-C. And also, if you do that same website, instead of coaching, just put book at the end. You can find my book, Rocket Fuel. MikeCRock.com forward slash book. All right. We will include all of that information in our show notes. Thank you so much for taking the time to be on the show today. Yeah, Lori, thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate you. Super fun conversation. All right, this wraps up our episode of Social Capital. A huge thank you to C-Rock for taking the time to connect with us. Like I said, if you want to continue the conversation, check out our Facebook group. Otherwise, feel free to shoot me an email, Lori at socialcapitalpodcast.com. All right, we'll see you next week. That's all for this episode of the Social Capital Podcast. Visit socialcapitalpodcast.com for show notes, more episodes, and to see who will be on the show next. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you next episode.